Welcome, comedy fans, to an all-new comedy at the Carlson Cast. Get more information and, of course, subscribe at carlsoncast.com. Today's episode, it's a very special guest. It's episode 101 with Mrs. Kasha Davis. And, of course, today's episode is brought to you by Sephora Cafe and Catering. It's Rochester's favorite spot for lunch and any of your catering needs. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Sephora Rochester. Also, of course, Three Heads Brewing, the makers of Rochester's favorite beer. Remember, do good things and also be kind. Now up is your favorite host. He's not much of a man by the light of day, but by night he's one hell of a lover. It's Mr. Vinnie Paulino. Vinny gets me. Vinny gets me. I do not. Yeah. It's for Halloween. What died on your lip there? What is that? It's uh my my dignity. It, no, it's for Halloween. I'm gonna be Freddie Mercury, and I had to do a thing on Sunday night, so I have to live with this mustache it's for a week. It's a Kingsley mustache. We're gonna go Larry Sanders show. Is what hey that now? Is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. So <laughs> it was I don't a show like it. today. It was your like back it, tooth. Well, it's on him. Nobody likes it. My review is I don't like it. <laughs> Please continue. No one likes it. I don't well, like it. I'm excited for today's show. It is a Tuesday afternoon. Very what? weird time for I'm us to do the show. Yes. Which is weird. We are very punchy today. Yeah. It is a punchy kind of day. It is. Nobody here is in a good mood. We all wanted to punch school buses on the way here. Yeah. This Driving is here this time of day in Rochester is a nightmare. How do people have real jobs if they have to... It's like, ridiculous. I know. It's Drive ridiculous. at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What punch, is going on here? It's, a, it's a sea of yellow with entitled children, and you just want to destroy all of them. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. I'm going to ask you to settle down. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to settle down a little bit. Uh, I have to make an announcement. I'm going to have uh, you hit my computer for me in just a second. Boom. There it is. Coming up. Coming back. Showmageddon. Showmageddon, Show-ma-geddon is coming back to the Carlson. Not how you spelled that at all. But uh, right. Well, guess what? It is too. <laughs> Not even close. That's how Showmageddon, the thing that I invented, is spelled. You come back to me, buddy. Is it called Showmageddon? Anytime you want to come back to me, kid. It's uh, none of your business. Okay. First off, it's fair. I guess you can't. I guess you can't copyright anything else. So it's good. correct. You <laughs> need to record the voiceover like with the monster truck voice. Showmageddon. Well, we're very excited for it. For those of you who don't know, it is our show comedy showcase showdown where we invite anyone who would like to apply to put on a show in our Rickles room to apply. Mm-hmm. You can find the instructions on how to apply at carlsoncast.com. We'll tell you everything you need to know. But we are going to give. Four people, the opportunity to produce shows in the Rickles room, and uh, one of them will win a quarterly showcase here and have a chance to continue to produce right here at Comedy Make Carlson. a couple bucks. Make a couple of bucks is yeah. an understatement. Yeah. So uh, if you're into it, check out carlsoncast.com for more information on Showmageddon. Uh, Ross. Yes, sir. I'm glad to have you here today. I'm glad to have you here today, um, I don't know what is up with your shirt. Did you decide this is like the Halloween episode? Um, yeah. Without discussing it with anyone else? Correct. Okay. Also, Brian won't fucking die, so this is <laughs> what's he's just he just keeps coming back. So, you get, so I'm, I'm tired of washing shirts, is what it is. I understand. Yeah. Well, we're gonna try to kill Brian again, but yeah. uh, before we do, we're gonna tell you a little bit about the shows that are coming up here at Comedy to Carlson, and we're gonna welcome our guest in the studio, who we've been getting questions for for from all over the world. I we bet got, there are a lot. We got a lot of questions from Canada. Uh, some folks locally, folks from other places, but uh, we're going to talk to Mrs. Kasha Davis today a little bit about uh, 
Drag at the Carlson Halloween edition Thursday night. Did we get any from Tanzania where we are the second most popular comedy podcast in the world? Listen, man, <laughs> if that mustache doesn't put us over <laughs> in Tanzania. This is what I'm doing. That's what I did it for. Right. Um, stick your head in a garbage disposal. I can't stand <laughs> you. Uh, we'll be back with Mrs. Kasha Davis. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, got lots of cool shows coming up here at Comedy at the Carlson. Check out our schedule and visit carlsoncomedy.com or 5854-COMEDY if you want tickets. We have Rocky Laporte on November 1st and 2nd. On November 2nd, Sky Sands will be in the Rickles Room. We have the hilarious Bobby Slayton on November 7th through the 9th. And also on November 8th, one night only, Mike Racine. Gary Goldman on the 14th through the 16th of November. And 21st to 23rd of November, we have Vicki Barbalak. And on Thanksgiving Eve, Dr. Dirty John Valby, November 27th. Chris Allen on November 29th and 30th. And on the 5th through the 7th of December, we have Chris Frangiola. Pete Corelli, December 12th through the 14th. April Macy on December 19th through the 21st. The 26th and 28th of December, Rich Voss. And Tim Meadows on January 2nd through the 4th. If you want tickets again, go to 5854comedy or carlsoncomedy.com. We'll see you at the show. And here we are. We are back with today's guest. You may have seen her on RuPaul's Drag Race. She's also the winner of this most recent Rochester's uh, Best of Rochester Award for Best Local Drag Performer. Uh, but she's known all around the world, and she's here on our couch today. It's Mrs. Kasha Davis. Give it up for her, everybody. Hi, everyone. We do applause and everything. Applause. The two of us are great at applause. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Terrible at doing an interview, but we Normally can clap for Normally at you. my shows, I have nearly a dozen people. So two is great, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who books it? Because I got to get in on this. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I got to get in on this. No, but... So uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis is here today to talk to us about Drag at the Carlson happening Halloween evening in our main room. I'm extremely excited this about it. This is your third time performing it's here. our third time. The, the darling Todd Youngman... And never I heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him either. No, we did a show together uh, a while back, and uh, he was like, hey, have you ever heard of our, our place? And I, I honestly, I had heard of it, and I knew that another gal uh, who's moved away had done some uh, uh, stand-up. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, come on, you know, let's let's think about it. And so we've been doing Each time it's been selling out, and it's been growing. It's been fantastic. So we're happy to be here. Everybody's so sweet. What's we're, going on? Where you, are we? You would not think that at a comedy club, right? <laughs> that we'd be all nice people? Well, yeah. I mean, it's been it, nice. Uh, it's been fun. Obviously, the whole vibe. Everybody's here to have a good time. You know, mm -hmm. I think that just comes with the, the vibe of the comedy club, much like nightclub, you know? Yeah. And you're in the, the main room this time. And right? the yeah. main room. I was going to say, you yeah. graduated from the Rickles. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know... It, an honor to be in the Rickles room because everybody, well, I I have always admired uh, Mr. Rickles, and it's and, a great room. Just and it's a great room. Out. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it was fantastic. And you know, we didn't realize that we had been doing stand up for so many years. Myself, Darian Lake, Aggie Dune. You know, we host shows, and Todd was saying. 
you know, uh, we'll do some stand up. And we thought, well, we have to do some lip sync in there too, because that's what people expect from a drag right. queen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but we've been hosting shows for so many years that we realized we had all this other material that we could get up there and shtick and, and, and go for it. So. And that, that's the thing. People don't realize that this show isn't just, you know, lip syncing or things like that. It's fun. It's audience interaction and it's yeah. just a blast. Right. Well, and so much of what you do when you're hosting a drag show is you're, you know, you're, you're doing the crowd work. So you're yeah. improvising with people and chit chatting and, you know, making them feel like they're included in it. And again, the the vibe has been so positive thus far. <laughs> and a lot there there are stand up comedians that just only do crowd work. That like have like nine jokes and they just go up for an right. hour and just do crowd work to fill it in. And so you're doing the exact same thing. Well, it's been it's been phenomenal. And uh it kind of came right perfectly for me in, in my life because I was called to uh, open for Bianca Del Rio, uh, who's, you know, in my mind, the most successful drag queen in on the planet. Yeah, she's up there. I mean, she's just, she just filled Carnegie Hall. I mean, and Wembley. Yeah. Wembley. So Wembley. Is, she didn't fill Wembley, but she did, she did a show did at Wembley. Wembley yeah. And I think it was like ten or 12,000 people that, you know, she had, uh, and she was the winner of season six, which is Darian's mm -hmm. season. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just, just, uh, you know, the standup, a standup comedian, uh, it's all the insult comedy, right. somebody who I've admired and we've worked together. She's got two different movies. You know, it's that, that shtick where it's the comedian. It's a pretty lousy movie. Right. Uh, and, but you know, we're all in it together and it's, and it's, you know, it's, what was it? The mad, mad world. Back it's a mad, 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 remember, mad world. Right. Remember yeah. how they, you know, they had so many guest stars and it was pretty, you know, lousy. That's the same idea as the one that I thought that this would be with Bianca, mm -hmm. uh, her movies. And so uh, Darian and I were a part of that. And then I got the call to open for her for a few weeks. And it was coinciding right with the opportunity here to 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 do the stand up here. So it's been great. So you've been nice. getting on stage quite a bit lately. Well, yes. You know, see, I spent about 18 years in the call center industry. I was a director of a call center. I brought the call center to Rochester. You were my boss. At Dial America. Really? You were my boss. Now, why? You know what? I'm thinking to myself that I knew you as well. And I think, I don't remember anybody's names. Terrible, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. terrible to say. But yeah. uh, because there were so many, you know, hundreds of, uh, of agents. Mm -hmm. Tons of people came, yeah. came and went. I was there for about a good seven or eight months. Just I finished up school and I needed to find a temporary job. Right. And I came and worked for Dial America. And it's great for a performer. Yeah. Because you get, you're on the phone. Each uh, each call is a different performance. You've got to keep it lively. You've got to keep it interesting. You've got to engage people. I had a blast working there for, like I said, for 18 years. And, uh, and then the opportunity to audition for Drag Race happened. And I had been doing drag on the side for fun. So let, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. How did you decide that you wanted to try drag? Like, I mean, it's a whole performance. Like, you have to decide, I want to perform. How did that, how did, where did that start with you? Okay, so I went to school for theater. And back in, I, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, uh... Not my, exactly a hotbed for drag. It's, the it's not a hotbed for much of anything. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it, you know, it's, and so, you know, closeted... Long story short, the idea of going into theater, my family was like, no, you have to do something realistic. So it was like that sort of a double major business theater. Oh, I'll sell the tickets, you know. Well, if I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. But your parents seem to be pretty straight-laced individuals in general, right? Is... My dad uh, uh, was a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> and my mom was a fancy Avon lady, so I gravitated towards her. She had dark hair and uh, a bright red lipstick. I could see you two getting yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Italian diva. Anyway, I uh, 
I gravitated towards the theater, uh-huh. and uh, I had a scholarship, and I went to school for theater, and it had to keep doing what was realistic. Well, so here's this closeted fella who was in the ballet company and all that jazz, but not gay. Um, and this is, you know, 70s and 80s in, in mm-hmm. Scranton, Pennsylvania. So fast forward, I flew to Rochester to open Dial America in 99. Okay. And... I, you know, just kept saying to myself, I'm not happy. Something's missing. You know, I had come out and that I had lost touch with my family um, because of that. But I kept saying there's something missing. I'm not performing, you know. So I tried to get into theater and you could, yeah. I couldn't do it because the hours at Dial America were crazy. Yeah. I would be there from sometimes early in the morning till, you know. That was like a six or seven. They were open just about every day of the week, weren't well, they? Well, yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it's just depending on what I needed to do as the director, I would have to be there late. So I couldn't get involved in theater, but I uh, would go and see Darien Lake and Pandora Box and mm-hmm. uh, Aggie Dune and Ambrosia Salad over at Mother's, which is a place that was a staple in Rochester. I remember where Mother's used to be. It was on uh, Union, right on by Union. Uh, East Ave, by that big old church, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'd go to see them, and I was like, oh, it's fantastic. But they were pretty. And I was like, mm. And so uh, my now husband and I were uh, dating at the time and we went to Provincetown and we saw Miss Richfield 1981 and she was not pretty. She was, the, <laughs> but she was a character who got on stage and had a backstory and it was, the, it was theater. And so the whole mm. way home, we started to dream about what would this, who would you be? And I said, just like my mom, you know, an Italian diva. My grandmother was in vaudeville and she was a whistler back in her day and ah, it, get out yeah. wow. and I and, you know the, my joke is and boy could she blow I guess I'm a lot like her waka waka hey oh so yeah so I, I was like I, you know I'll emulate the women that I love so much in my life these mm-hmm. you know, crazy aunts these Italian divas who wear too much makeup drink too much and just are over the top and give you that big loud kiss in your ear you'll love them but they're, they're way too much right right and so I kind of started to create that whole uh, character and the owner of uh, of Mothers named me Mrs. Kasha Davis, not because of my husband and I, but because of the fact that I, they thought I was a prude. Because the strippers would be backstage, and I'd be like, I can't, I can't, you know, with all that. <laughs> and so they would announce Miss Aggie Dune, Miss Ambrosia Salad, and Mrs. Kasha Davis. You make fun of me. Now, in my so. research, I learned the answer to this question, but this did come in through our text line. And by the way, if you're watching live, the text line is open. Feel free to text in your questions, 585-484-0265. Um, while we're talking about your name, uh, this one came in. I'd like to know how she chose her stage name, well, Mrs. Kasha Davis. I'm a basic bitch. Okay. And what that means, just like porn, you can use first pet, first street. So my first pet was an angry white poodle from yeah. Scranton, Pennsylvania named Kasha. And I grew up <laughs> on Davis Street, so Kasha Davis. And uh, Ambrosia Salad, who uh, also uh, does... The shows are here with us. She was born in a salad bar? She was born in a salad bar. No, she said, you're, you know, drag queens are supposed to name you. You're not supposed to name yourself. I'm like, no, because that whole ride home, we kept saying to ourselves, we're going to emulate my grandmother. We're going to emulate my mom. And so I wanted it to be close to home. And Kasha, yeah. but this angry little white poodle, you know, I just had such a connection with this dog. And right. this dog hated everybody, bit my father, bit my mother, and I loved her for it. I mean, she was just this little bitch. So do you um, often bite people? I bite people. Yeah. Uh, for fun. <laughs> As a matter of fact, on the way here, uh, Todd said, make sure that, you know, you know it's, it's also, you know, this video, you've got to be all up in the drags. And I said, okay. So I, uh, we're having our floors done. And as I came upstairs, the poor gentleman, I was like, I have a surprise for you. I'm headed out. <laughs> and you bit him on the ass. I've got something to do. That poor guy, he turned around and was like, <laughs> 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 No, I was like, 
<laughs> I will be back tomorrow. I said, would you like free tickets to the show? You know, of course, at the time, sure. I had no hair on, so it's just Mr. Burns' haircut. Yeah. You know, just some hair on the side. She's almost 50. And uh, some makeup. And he, then, of course, he just got into the, you know, straight guy. I'm really interested questions like, right. how did you do, do you do your own makeup? And how are those real? Yeah. Did you see a team here? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> these are the typical questions. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, the poor fellow. So I felt like, now, we'll see if he shows up tomorrow. I may be looking for someone, a contractor, to finish our floors. So, Ambrosia Salad. Ambrosia Salad. How did she get her name? Well, I think she took hers from the from uh, something that was either uh, uh, in a movie, as from what I understand. But I know uh, Aggie Dune did the same thing. Darien Lake is the theme park. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, uh, you know, you, you take a I, twist on things sometimes. and uh, I just picked mine. Yes. Ruby Giuliani. Love it. That's I, it. I was born and raised on Connie Route 69, so that's a bit too much. Connie 69. It's, it's too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Connie yeah, 69. It's got a number yeah. in it. I I, keep the mustache. Good. I mean, 69 Keep the works. mustache. Keep yeah. the mustache. For Connie like, 69, yeah. I like Gloria Hole. That's always a fun okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like that one's got to be used a lot, though. I don't know. There's, a, you know, there's, of course, patio furniture. Um, I like... <laughs> I like that one. Lazy Susan is my favorite. She just stands oh, in the great. corner and turns around. That's my circle. sister. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, so it's fun. It, you, you, you know, you, you create these names. I love the whole idea of the first pet, first street. What was the name of your first pet you said was uh, – wait. No, I you, would say Brandy would be – the. we had a dog named Brandy. It was probably the first pet I remember. Brandy 69. Brandy 69. And what about yours? A little too on the nose. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Evergreen. That's not bad. That's okay. It's okay. She get, she it's not as good much. as Ruby Giuliani. She doesn't get booked much. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like Ruby Giuliani. Yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah stick with that one. So, it becomes more relevant every day, sadly. You decide to come up with the character. You're driving home. Right. You decide this character. At some point, you have to get to the stage to perform it. Well, With a background in theater, I'm yeah. sure you're not as nervous as most people would be. But how do you even approach putting together this act? Well, so I was a nervous wreck. Because, uh, you know, as a drag queen, you are in charge of all of it. You're costuming. You're, you know, you're the one that's financing the whole thing, whatever it is that sure. you're going to do. And you're going to put together the act and the choreography and all this stuff. So Mothers was my, like, drag 101. Uh, you know, it's where I learned. Uh, Aggie Dune, Darian Lake, all these gals, you know, very, very uh, supportive and helpful. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know... Um, you, you you don't get invited into that kind of click. It was something that right. I had. They were to me the superstars, and I wanted to be a part of that group. And so whatever they asked me, you know, told me to do, I would do. And you know, when I first started out, I I truly had absolutely no idea. I look back, I barely had a, a stitch of makeup on, and uh, you know, I rehearsed day in and night uh, doing uh, two different Broadway songs. One was I enjoy being a girl, and the other one was. Uh, lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise stuff that nobody else would do right you know? mm. not the top 40 stuff this kitschy you know housewife and I've gotten over the years criticized you know why housewife again emulating those you know aunts and moms and yeah, people what you know. and, and yeah. honestly to me that seems like brilliant marketing try well, to take try to come at it from an angle that nobody else is coming at it from yeah I mean it's different uh, it's sure, definitely sure. you know and I I I it doesn't make any sense for me to do a top 40 song. And if I do, it's got to have my spin on it, you right. know? Um, but back then it was just lip syncing. And then one day they, you know, they hand you the microphone. Can you talk on the microphone? Well, I was always so hammered that I just go on and on and on. And they thought that was funny. <laughs> um, 
uh, and you know that there's the theater training. So you know you're 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 just up there talking about uh, your life as Mrs. Kasha Davis, and of course Mrs. Kasha Davis has Mr. Davis at home. And originally, I never wanted him to be seen. I wanted it to be like you know he was like you know on the other side of the fence. just a character, that, a character that right, never, yeah. But now he's become you know popular. We were in Times Square one time, and uh, I'm out of drag, and they're like Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis. I was like, well, there you go, Steve. You know, <laughs> you know, so that's you made it, Steve. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's a little like fun thing for him, like when we travel that's and stuff great. like that. Yeah, yeah. They kind, I think the audience now is starting to look at us as that, you know, mom and dad, kind of, or aunt yeah. and uncle, kind of, you know, parental roles. Uh, on Drag Race, there's well over a hundred and some queens that have been on uh, Drag Race, and now they have, you know, Drag Race in the UK. It's becoming more and more mainstream. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as as crazy as that sounds, I think that in some ways it's dangerous <laughs> because, you know, it's uh, dangerous in that, like, it's like, oh, you know, everybody should do drag. No, I don't know if everybody should do drag. You we know? have that problem in the stand-up world. Just yeah. trust yeah, us. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's the same, I, think, know, I think we have similar issues. <laughs> we have similar yeah, issues. Yeah. yeah so. It's not for everybody! Not for I think there are a lot of similarities between, like yes. I was saying earlier, like between what we both do other than the expensive clothes and well and, you know I mean, this uh, is a, this and is the a makeup nice 25 dollar you know. jumpsuit no honestly don't you think the similarities the philosophy the of what you do is is similar to what we do i guess is the way i'm, I'm trying to what well, I'm we were all it. but i think that we were damaged we were hurt we had some struggles yeah and we get to go out on stage as a performer whether it's a comedian or a drag queen or an actor yeah. you go out there for that applause for that recognition and there's an acceptance that yeah. comes mm -hmm. with that in general whether it's you're making somebody laugh or whether you're making someone say that was a wonderful performance right it just makes you feel like hey i actually accomplished and did something here completely I remember and, and out cannot, of my own head it can either ruin a week or make an entire week like right. if, if you have a great set you're like oh, the, the rest of your week is who gives a shit right but if you have a really bad one it can make you feel awful for an entire week but you know what i mean well but, yeah absolutely yeah. and i remember even in high school gravitating to the theater department i mean i i i was a tackling football picked up the ball ran the wrong way did all the wrong things uh <laughs> You know, I I wanted to be in sports to please my father, but I couldn't stand it. And now, you know, he would be standing there trying to make a man out of me. Like, you know, you can do it. You can do it. And I was thinking to myself, I want to be a cheerleader. Uh, you know, I want to be. You know, and so when I went into theater, he was sort of like, oh, you did a good job. You know, it was that moment of, wow, he recognized that I did something well. Um, and That's fascinating. Yeah. That, that had to be a big moment. It was a very big moment. I remember early on. And, of course, then it became the... You know, he pours himself a scotch, and we sit down in the kitchen, and he tells me you know, how I could have done things better. So he found his way, you know, to kind of, like, uh, work that way. But uh, uh, much of my childhood, and up until, you know, fairly recently, I was always looking to gain my parents' approval, which was mm -hmm. something that took me some time to realize uh, was a lot of, I don't want to say wasted years, but it was a lot of work. And I, so I, 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 I really aspire to... Uh, help kids of and children of any age to follow their dreams and to really be who they are and who they're meant to be, whatever that means. Well, we're going to talk about uh, your children's book in a second, but I wanted to ask you this. You, uh, you said you were closeted when you were living in Scranton. You were married, weren't you? Yes. So I, um, I was, from as early as I can remember, I knew that I was different. Right. And I remember the first people that called me a fairy were my grandfather and my father kind of joined in, my uncle. 
they would tease you as a kid. Fairy, that I was mm-hmm. feminine, and you know, and so that it was like, hold your arms at your side, uh, stop flailing your arms, uh, you know, speak in a lower voice. And I still find myself, you know, you know, being very self conscious that way. And I was excessively self conscious uh, about those t- types of things. And I didn't even know what gay was. I just knew that I was me, whatever that is, right, you know, yeah. as a kid. And as as time went on, um, in order to gain their acceptance, yes, the first. I asked every girl out. You know, I think a lot of right. young boys do, but it was like, you know, I was, you know, every, we're just friends, we're just friends. And the, finally, the one that said yes, well, we stuck together and we uh, were high school sweethearts who got married. I came out to her a couple times uh, trying to say, like, look, I, I think I'm gay. And she was like, no, you're just European. And I was like, what the hell? I was born in Scranton. <laughs> what are you talking about? What, what, is that, what does that mean? You had an accent? <laughs> I, well, no. So she, you know. Your money she, wasn't worth as much? She, exactly. <laughs> she was studying, you know, to be a Spanish teacher. And she would be, she would go back and forth to Spain. Yeah. And, you know, she said, you know, they're just freer there. You're just different that way. And I'd be like, damn it. You know, I couldn't. Yeah, you were, you so meant we, it. I meant it. So we both yeah. lived different. You know, we, we were together from, uh, we met in 88 and we divorced in 98. So we were together, uh, uh, and things were pretty good. And of course, then we both strayed. You know, we both yeah. found some men. Um, and well, at least you had that in common. <laughs> we had that in common. And so, uh, yeah. And, and honestly, uh, we were best friends. We always said that we would uh, stay close, and uh, we didn't. We lost touch. Um, hmm. I, we divorced and completely never spoke. And unfortunately, in the last year, she. Um, she passed away, so we never oh, had I'm the so chance sorry. to have a Still got to be sad. I mean, I, I'm in this similar thing with my ex-wife. You know, we were together about the same amount of time. Yeah, and you mean to you mean to be friends. Then he grew that and mustache. Then we just and... don't. Yeah, but you <laughs> and just, was a... but but you just don't. But I would be horribly sad if she passed yeah. away. You know. Well, I mean, we really we grew up together. So yeah. you know, and it was it was yeah. uh, it was definitely it was definitely love. And we were, you know, learning about our, you know, ourselves and we found our pathways. And, mm-hmm. you know, it seems as though she had a really good life and some kids. And, and so we never had kids. And it was something that I always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moving to Rochester, you know, coming out, I was disowned by my family when I came out. Um, How are you doing with them now? Well, <laughs> uh, so I, both of my parents have passed in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, so I'm, you won. Well, no, yeah, I don't know. So, no, my mom and I kind of – we had some reconciliation. We had some reconciliation. Uh-huh. Um, she came to to appreciate my husband and our and uh, his daughters eventually towards the end. Um, I then really got heavy into my drinking and uh, after my mom died because I was definitely that mama's boy. And it was very difficult for me to accept. Yeah. yeah. And I made it worse with alcohol. Um, and then, uh, you know, I got cast on drag race and I didn't do great. And I looked at this opportunity as a life changing opportunity to leave dial America and follow that dream of being, you know, an actor. And, and it was cricket, cricket. I wasn't getting called. So I was on this kind of like little mini tour and I was drinking, I was drinking, I was drinking, I was drinking. And, uh, I ended up getting my third DUI. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, at that point, um, the next day, you know, waking up from all that, my uh, my husband was like, you know, you swerved from children. And huh. I that was it. 
so I I said to the universe or to whatever that I take this take this this desire away from me, and so it's been a little over four years now, and I haven't had a drink. Congratulations! Congratulations. Thank you. So, and That's again, very I encourage I encourage you know listen you if you you know those people out there you know who can drink <laughs> great you know it became it was an obsession for me and it was yeah. I'm not my makeup is not meant for it. Um, since then, though, I began to look at myself because my dad and I had such a tumultuous relationship. It was very difficult. Long story short, uh, because of the time that I've spent sober, I was able to look at myself and see where I contributed to that relationship. And uh, he actually came to see me do a show. I was actually at a performing in Scranton at a Toyota dealership. <laughs> Of all places, you know, you take the gig with a big giant pair of scissors. Uh -huh. Well, so it was. It was actually for Kinky Boots. It was an who open, needs were, a Prius? Yeah. Come on in. They were they were trying to to sell tickets for Kinky Boots, and they said bring in Mrs. Kasha Davis. You know, and I said, Dad, I'm, I've got a show tonight, and I thought he never knew that I really did drag or whatever. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to come to see your show. I was like, Excuse me, what? And that was like, not yeah. my intention. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is the guy that first called me a fairy. You know, I was right. like, I don't need this, like, to happen. Energy in my so life. So he comes, you know, I talk about my mom and all that connection and the love and the and uh, all that jazz. And long story short, he, he comes, comes backstage, which is also the sales department. And he says to me, Eddie, you're beautiful. And it was the first time that I felt like he saw wow. me being authentically me, having fun, entertaining, and... Uh, not long after he passed, and when I found I found like a note, uh, uh, the social media printout, uh, somebody printed it out for him, and he he had typed back, "Yes, that's my son Eddie, and I'm so proud." And so to me, it was that full circle, and it took me kind of taking a look at myself and seeing, you know, where I was responsible for some of that anger in the relationship. You know, yeah, uh, I kept pointing the finger at him, and he was just trying to keep me safe. He knew I was different, and we grew up in Scranton, and people were getting beaten up for being flamboyant mm -hmm. and he didn't know well, how to handle that and he was just trying to keep me tone me down you know um but it eventually when i was just fully myself is when he came around and began to realize there's nothing i can do but to accept him that's a, a beautiful story it's kind of heart-wrenching to, to hear about that note you know after it's all over to hear that yeah that's how he felt well but that's that's beautiful it is and uh, and i appreciate that you saying that and it was I tell this story and I'm as open as on, and honest about these things as possible because I know that uh, oftentimes people struggle uh, with similar types of scenarios with acceptance from a family member mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, a difficult time with uh, drugs or alcohol. And, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a really great story on the other side of that. Yeah. You know, you can get through these things um, with other people and, 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 uh, and a lot of great things can turn, uh, turn around. Well. You brought up that, you know, you, you got away from doing things for kids and trying to help kids. You ended up writing a children's book. Yes. So uh, we do uh, – uh, my favorite thing to do at drag is uh, drag Scare story Scare handyman doing the floors. Yeah. <laughs> Scaring him. <laughs> no. Story hour over at Blackfriars Theater. What we do is, uh, you know, we've been doing it for a while now. And, uh, you know, drag story hour is a very um, – uh, what am I trying to say? It's a hot topic out there in the world where people get very frustrated. Stop pushing your agenda on our kids. Stop mm -hmm. trying to make them gay. Try, stop trying to make them... No, it, that's not at all what any of it is. Of course, at first glance, people think that that's, you know, uh, an ignorant person may think that that's what it is. What we're doing is we're um, 
standing up. I'm standing up in front of these kids, and we're talking about if you happen to see somebody different in the world, treat them with kindness. That difference can be drag. That difference can be glasses. That difference can be, you know, race, yeah. color, size, whatever, right? And uh, so it just happens to be Mrs. Kasha Davis who reads the book and tells the story. And the point there is that as a child, I didn't have any examples of anybody who was a little bit different, who was expressing maybe their feminine or their masculine side or, you know, whatever. And so um, we began to do these story hours and we, you know, we read the story and we talk about, you know, following your dreams and um, being authentic to yourself. And it's, it's been incredible. We get a couple hundred kids a weekend, uh, about once a month and uh, it's free. And uh, it's it's been fantastic. You know, the that's dream is really a beautiful thing. That's, a, yeah. that's an amazing because, you know, yeah. I like the way you, you explain that, because I think that there's a big difference that we don't always think about. People say pushing an agenda, pushing an agenda. No, it's not about pushing an agenda. It's about letting people just be them and not giving them shit for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any children's book is meant for the parents. You know, good point. You yeah. know, and it's for us as parents to say, you know, it's okay. Yeah. If, if, if your son might be playing with dolls, it's okay. Don't freak out. Yeah. It, it can be a multitude of reasons and, or, or et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, and for people to feel that they're not alone, you know, the, the example I had mentioned where my dad was sort of trying to protect me, he didn't see any examples of anybody that was living a, you know, a healthy, happy no, life. Back All then, he back knew then you would not have. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, very, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a hatred. It was just an ignorance of the time. If well, that makes any sense, you know, just like he didn't know what he didn't see a good road for you. Right. Yeah. Well, Barry Manilow, Liberace, they were all straight. Yeah. Yeah. As arrows. Yeah. Yeah. As arrows. Yeah, no, no, et cetera, et cetera. It was just a different time. And it's, it's not, and it doesn't always have to be necessarily uh, gay or straight or genders. No. Uh, it's just the idea that, you know, people can come together and be accepting of one another. And, um, and so, yes, I wrote a, a children's story, which is essentially my life story for kids. And the second book is coming out. Oh, great. Um, Your Gift is Your Smile uh, yeah. is the name of that book. And it's, uh, we use uh, Jason Dorfee, who's a local Rochester artist to uh, do the artwork and the illustrations. And it's it's been incredible because, again, I've been able to sell these books all around the world, self-published. It's not, you know, that sure. many. But the kids that read it, they're, they're, you know, it resonates with them, the people that are buying it for their for their children. Doesn't it feel good, though? I say, like, I, I love doing stand-up, but having a book makes it, – it feels pretty cool, though, right? Because I, I wrote one, and it was just like that – it was cool. Yeah, Please you know, uh, put the camera on me so you can see just, my eyes rolling just, uh, in the back of my head no, but I'm just as saying, Brian like, again like, makes it about himself. I'm not making well, it about myself. I'm trying to – like signing stuff. Like it's awesome. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's really cool to do. You should <laughs> write a book, Vinny. Yeah, I got one for you. You'd, you'd, you'd feel better about it. My so, days at Dial America. You know my book is going to be called <laughs> How to Pick a Co-Host Better by Vinny Paulino. <laughs> Uh, my days I'm trying to America. compliment the woman, and you had to ruin it to yeah. kick me in the dick. I think you were trying to say, hey, we both wrote books. No, yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah, it's what you were cool. trying to do. I was trying to identify with I the see guest. you, mustache. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, a mustache is a good thing. I just love him. Not this one. No? no. 
he just grew that this week. This is the first time I've yeah. seen that's it. That's just that's just I'm, from this week. I'm Freddie. No, well, <laughs> I, I shaved. Uh, I'm Freddie Mercury for Halloween. Okay, I had yeah. to do a thing Sunday, so I had to shave it off. So I have to live with this for a week. Well, Brian is going, and him and his wife are uh, trying to win that costume yeah. contest. There you Freddie go. Mercury on Thursday night, and she's uh, Joan Jett. I love it. I'm going to tell you something right now. Yes. Do not let them win. <laughs> Let us win. Well, you and I, we'll, well work it out. We'll talk. Let, let my wife win anyway. Yeah, Aggie doing this. Except she's, 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 I have her in charge of the uh, the contest because uh, Aggie Dune has hosted Miss Rochester in in uh, in uh, Rochester for years, and she's very good at uh, you know hosting things like that. So. Aggie baby. Yeah. No Aggie. No Aggie. So I'm excited for this show uh, because. It's going to be awesome in the main room. I already saw how they set it up. You have a full catwalk going on in there. You've got a catwalk. Uh, and, of course, as you said. You is know, it set up now? I didn't go see it. It is set up now. I have to go check it out on my way yeah. out. You know, yeah, on your way out. We were just excited to be able to, to, to be here in general. And it's been uh, it's been such a, a great reception for the for the, the two times, that, you know, the sellouts. And then to be able to go over into the into the big room, it's just it's, – it's, it's going to be fantastic, you know. Yeah. And, of course, it's Halloween. So it makes all, sense. Yeah, it's it makes all the sense in the it world. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, con- uh, costume contest. All the moms are probably out with their travel mugs, with their Chardonnay or the Pinot Grigio, walking around the neighborhoods. Don't try to tell me that you're not, ladies. And <laughs> a, there's always time for a you know a travel mug, and you know taking the kids out and then come here afterwards. And it's a nine o'clock time. show, so there's plenty of time. Yeah, uh, that's right. There's plenty of time to take the kids out and uh, get them to bed or get a sitter or whatever, and come on out for the yeah. show. Yeah. Now we did get some great questions from uh, folks watching. Uh, can I indulge you with some? Of course. Yeah. All right. This one came from Brock from Toronto. He asked two questions. Uh, hello, Mrs. Davis. Who is your favorite athlete? Was the first question. <laughs> Brock is uh, essentially um, plugging himself. Um, Brock and is I... this Brock Lesnar? <laughs> no, Brock McGillis. <laughs> Brock... Oh, Brock... Brock Lesnar yeah. was a huge secret fan of Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yeah. That would be the best moment. That would be great. In the yeah, history of ever. <laughs> well, Brock and I are. Uh, we have a new um, World of Wonder uh, show coming out. It's called This Is Shit. Okay. And uh, and. Uh, we named it This Is Shit because sometimes when you put out some of this stuff, the, the kids get on Reddit and all that stuff, and they're like, this is this is shit. And we're like, yeah, yeah that's the title. This is shit. Um, Brock is the first out uh, hockey player, pro hockey player in Canada. No kidding. Yeah. Good looking fella. Uh, Who lots does, of muscles. does he play for? Uh, I don't know those okay. answers. It's... <laughs> so the answer is Brock is your favorite athlete? Brock. Brock McGillis. Yes. So that's Brock, and he and I are co-hosting this this show uh, at, on World of Wonders called This Is Shit, and it's coming out soon. So he just reminded me to plug it. Is basically okay. What he just well, did. here's what else he asked. Uh-huh. He, he followed it up with a uh, – I'm sure he just wants to get on your good side now after you gave him a plug. How are you able to be so kind and compassionate to all? What's your secret? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not necessarily kind and compassionate to all, but it's a daily – it's, you know, uh, in the program that I'm involved in, it's a one-day-at-a-time uh, kind of life. And, uh, you know, I, I really, truly believe that uh, this universe will give you absolutely whatever you're looking for if you're grateful. Mm-hmm. I have learned that if you're grateful for what it is that you have, this, you know, whatever, if it's money or if it's your relationship or your situation at home or whatever, if you're grateful for it, even if it's a negative experience, you find the good in it and you're gr- Things will positively come your way. I'll tell and, you that is very true. Yeah, a long time ago, so someone, too, yeah. someone said to me one of the smartest things I've ever heard in my life. They said, "Vinny, don't, don't ever 
expect anything from anybody. Just be grateful for everything. Right. And just live your life that way. It's amazing. It's I believe it's amazing. And and you know, you'll see it on the secret, you'll see it on the, all the self help books where they talk about gratitude. And you know, you're you're like, oh when you're in a bad spot, that sounds like bullshit. You know, it's like, oh hunky dory. You know, how can I possibly find gratitude in this negative situation yeah um you start small you watch oprah all of these people talk about it start just by being grateful for the fact that you could breathe that you, you know, woke up in the that morning. you woke up in the morning and it sounds bleak but as you build upon these things i have found so many you know that idea of gratitude and manifestation things come your way i've spent so many years saying things like i want this or i want that instead of saying i will have uh this particular situation or i a struggle for me. I'm roller coaster weight. You know, when, instead of I want to lose weight, I, I'm losing weight. I'll tell saying, you what. I'm saying, consistently fat. It works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah, but it's, instead of saying like if I ever get this, say when I get this. when I get this. Yeah, yeah. and it's 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 probably not gonna happen the one, in exactly the time you think. Yeah. But it's going to happen, and things like that I just have found sound so magical and mysterious and hunky dory. Um, slight changes in the in the way that we vocalize things will turn things around into the positive for us. Um, I know that I, you know. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it's. it's I think it's that's a matter um, of being grateful for what you have. I think that's wonderful advice. Wonderful advice. Uh, our next question. They didn't leave their name, but I like this one because they always got to go a little negative. I like yeah, the yeah. questions that. that Go just a little negative. Do you ever get annoyed by audience members and how they tip or things they say to you after shows? Um, you know what? Are you just grateful for the audience? Oh, no, of course, of course, I'm grateful for the audience. <laughs> but uh, you know, of course, I get annoyed by certain things. Um, sometimes uh, it's it's lumped in where people get so excited, to, you know, they, they they just start poking at you and they want like you know, are your boobs real? And they'll touch you and grab you and. Um, pull on your hair, you know, it's just interesting. People really? like, can I touch your hair? And I'm like, no, would you just touch anybody's hair? You know, um, especially these freaking wigs sometimes are a couple hundred dollars and they're difficult yeah. to maintain and people want to just like grab it. That's what I was going to say. This is a very expensive thing. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> career. <laughs> or career. Uh, it starts as a hobby and then it becomes, you know, uh, it's crazy because especially with social media now, people see you in a certain outfit. They're like, oh, I already saw that. That was here or you know oh uh, yeah you know, especially constant constant you're you're always on uh, you're always on um i love a heckler that's fun mm -hmm. um some people can get annoyed by that um it's fun when somebody's maybe not paying attention and and they're on their phone and you can just call them out you know those types of things um so you know i think the most annoying thing that, that can happen is afterwards when people just start grabbing at you you know um you know it's it's because it, you that, try to stay as pleasant as possible sure but you're being poked and prodded <laughs> like, i think that's annoying in any situation yeah when you people know. start touching you i think it's annoying in any I, situation. I personally get really really annoyed when people keep asking me if they're real or not and it's just it's too <laughs> it's too much it's too much leave me alone yeah yeah just leave me alone yes they are and they're fantastic is what your answer should be shut up brian uh <laughs> this is kasha davis yes. so you're saying that if people come and see you at the show Come up and say hello. Come up and say hello. You're going to be very friendly and nice. Grab Just don't my touch. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't touch. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, listen. We got a, we got a follow-up question to that. What's the follow-up? Go ahead. Uh, this just came in. A uh, question from Mrs. Kasha Davis. What's the strangest fan encounter you've ever had? Oh. 
Well, I'll be honest with you. Mrs. Kasha Davis, because I talk so much about my husband, I don't get a lot of new dick, like the dick pics and all that kind of stuff. A lot of the queens get just a ton of that stuff. Um, really? So whenever that's, I get... Yeah. It's nuts. The queens get a Yeah. So... I think this generation... People, they'll I, I, sort I think, of ask for it. I think everybody gets a lot of it. I've had at least one more dick pic than I ever cared to get. <laughs> you gave Ross your number, didn't yeah, you? There you go. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, you know... Uh, gosh. Some people can get stalker-like, you know, and mm -hmm. it gets a little uncomfortable. Um, I think, you know, that sometimes... Because you, because I'm sort of a um, parental kind of character, a mom character, aunt character. Um, sometimes I, I recently had somebody who really shared a lot of graphic details of a, a situation, but I, I find I can change the topic a little bit to try to turn it towards the positive. And I think because I try to be as positive as an example for people, um, sometimes I get a lot of tough stuff. Yeah, and so yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that they're strange. I just will say that I hope that I'm directing people properly. Towards Are people coming to you for like advice? Yeah. And you, you uh, get troubled people. I get some troubled stuff. And it, it's just, I mean, honestly, in the gay world, uh, it, you know, it's not surprising. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of uh, on social media, you'll get, you know, get kids out there around, all around the world um, reaching out because I'm open about my sobriety. I'm open about some of the situations with my family. And I try to direct them towards, you know, professional help. But yeah. it, 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 you know, it's, it's heavy. Well, when you're out there trying to give out a positive message, you know, it is a burden at times, you know, people, you know, they, they, they hear a message, but they don't know how to take the next steps for right. themselves. And yeah. they, they look to you because you're the one who said it. Well, and you know, I have, that's pressure. I, I, well, I have some, you know, close friends who will be like, she's not always so nice. Um, or my husband will say that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm a human being. So sometimes I have a, a, a short fuse and can, uh, get that way. I, I think. What's going to be really interesting, there's a, a, a documentary coming out um, about me and my life. It's called Workhorse Queen. I was going to ask uh, you about that. Yeah. When is that coming out? Well, she's, you know, it's the, it's, it's uh, within the year, basically. Um, fortunately, she got to film some stuff with a tour with Bianca Del Rio. And she, her name is Angela Washko, is the director producer. And she's a professor at Carnegie Mellon. Oh, who wow. approached me and she's traveled all around the world with me. Uh, to Australia, to to uh, New York City, to um, to L.A., and she's filmed. So, so she's seen me in some like snappy moments where I kind of. So I think that'll be interesting to for people to see that full, you know, kind of range. The full of, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, excellent. Yeah, so it's, that's pretty exciting. So I mean, keep an eye out for it. Twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Uh, probably twenty twenty. Okay, okay. Uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis is going to be here for one night only on Halloween. You get your tickets right now at carlsoncomedy.com. You call 5854-COMEDY to get them. Mrs. Kasha Davis, where can people find more information about you if they want to look you up or follow you? Well, you can find me on the www on Instasnatch and Twatter and, uh, you know, all, those all that. Mrs. Gotta Kasha Davis. got to get this Instasnatch. Instasnatch, Twatter. <laughs> yeah, you know, Google, you know, Google me. So, sometimes I have wanted one instantly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, so that, I can't wait to talk about uh, 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 Snatch and Bearded Clam and all that stuff on stage. At, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a stage for you to there's, do it right down the right hallway. There. Exactly. That's going to be great. And a catwalk and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Meow. I, I believe uh, Aggie Dune and Darian Lake will be performing with you. Legendary Aggie Dune, Darian Lake, who is top four of RuPaul's Drag Race season six. 
Aggie Dune is uh, was in uh, season four's audition video. Uh, oh God, love her. She's fantastic. She's you know our drag mother in Rochester. She's the the Duchess. She's phenomenal. She's helped us all. And uh, Todd Youngman is going to be there and as well. Todd, hot Toddy. Who, you know what? Todd is just fantastic. I could see him on the corner of my eye right now. If, he, it's, it's like uh, if you say his who na- let him in the studio? If you say his who na- let Youngman in here? Exactly. If, if you say Todd's name one time, he appears. It's true. <laughs> exactly. Yes. He's the worst Beetlejuice. No, he's. He, <laughs> He's fantastic. I'm, you know, he's hysterical. I, I said he looks, first of all, on stage in terms of his stand-up, his delivery and his whole look, he just looks guilty. He's done something wrong. Oh, we, we know. We oh, yeah. we know. We know so, what he's He done looks wrong. sort of that, so innocent. That I got like, some text chains you yeah, might not want to look at. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and he come, we come from the same era, the old school stuff, so we have a very inappropriate text chains that go and that cannot be aired. Yeah. And he's you just show it to anybody. He's just standing in the corner holding Birkenstocks. They're mine. <laughs> no. Well, thank you for coming in today and spending a Tuesday afternoon with us. You it was a real what? pleasure. You know what? I would come back next Tuesday and I could say see you next Tuesday for that if I had. <laughs> I'll see you. Next I'll see you next Tuesday, Tuesday but we yeah, ain't gonna be I here. Was, I would come back. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a joy. Thank, thank you so you. much. And you know, it's been great. It's been to, great having you. To connect to a former Dial American. God bless phones. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. That was listen. I'm going to tell you something. That job, that was a weird job. It's a weird job. We were working for Verizon yeah. at the time. We were doing uh, Verizon DSL. DSL. That's it. That was so that was Jefferson Road. That wasn't the new location. No, it was Jefferson Road, the old yeah. school one. They didn't have any of the new offices or anything. I was oh, in we the were back. Crazy. We were crazy. I was in the back part timer gulag. You had and yet that day. I make stuff about myself. Well, <laughs> we have a shared connection. It's a shared connection. No, but I'll tell you what. It's a, it was a great it it was a great job for me in many different ways uh-huh. in terms of uh you know I was able to essentially perform mm-hmm. and you had people who came in all walks of life you know all sorts of diversity and you're you know maybe don't they don't have a lot of work experience and help them get some work experience to go out and build their resume for somewhere else. Oh, I, it was it was yeah. a positive experience. It was definitely a positive experience. Um, I was your favorite employee. Yeah, absolutely not. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> all right, we'll be back with the news with Ross. Stay tuned. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review. Hey, everybody. We are back. What a good interview. Mrs. Kasha Davis. How about it, guys? Give it up for her. Now, uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world of, stand- in the world of stand-up comedy. It is your turn, let's, Ross. Oh, it's, it's your turn to entertain. I don't know. <laughs> um, you guys are familiar with the comic strip live? Get Mrs. Uh, Kasha Davis back in here. That's this fine. is already. <laughs> um, Did it die? Well, okay. So, <laughs> well, this is from the New York Post. So, uh, Comic Strip Live. If you're not familiar. This is the, according to them, the oldest still operating stand-up showcase. Comic Strip Live. World. Not where Ross has anything to do with it. 
<laughs> he kills everything in the first story. I think maybe Cash and David should take your seat. I think, yeah, I, th I think you just killed the momentum of his story. Mm, the worst today. Um, so this is where a lot of famous people got their start. Eddie Murphy, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Cohen Quinn, etc., etc. Tons and tons and tons. Big, big, huge club. So uh, there's been this ongoing um, legal stuff between Tess Walks, who's the widow of one of the original founders, who's now a co-owner, and the original one of the original co owners and his wife, who run the club. She says they're basically running into the ground, they're losing money, they're not letting her in, even though she's a co-owner. Um, she says there are rats in the club, etc., etc., all this stuff. So she's taking them to court. Um, what she's looking to do at this point, because she hasn't been able to get any movement from them um, anyway, is she wants to basically dissolve the corporation and dissolve the club. Um, I think the idea being that they're running this club into the ground, um, they're losing all of their money and my money at the same time, so... Um, uh, we need to offload this thing at this point. So uh, interesting. I don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen with that, but it could be could very well be the end of the comic strip life. I mean, yeah. look at the the look at the uh, outside of this place. It's beautiful. I mean, show my PC, Joe. I've actually look at been, this place. I've actually been there. Before. Look at that place. It is very cool. I'd rather go to the treat house. I know you would. Yeah, I think that's a hair salon. But okay. Okay. All right. Well, what else we got, Ross? Um. So um. Uh. Uh. Riotcast. This is a big comedy podcast network um put together by robert kelly and some other people they've got a long list of comedy podcasts that you may be familiar with um it's a big long list Tons robert kelly's podcast oh there's, there's the nick topolo show there's my wife hates me everybody's awful blah 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 blah, blah. it's a whole it's i a didn't know bosses list. was on his okay yeah that makes so, sense it's a huge long list so they've announced that they're joining forces with 800 pound gorilla records and the laugh button to form a brand new uh comedy record label uh, that they're going to call TLB oh, nice. Records for some reason. TLP? TLB. TLB. Not really sure why that is, but it is. So the inaugural release is going to be Mike Feeney's Rage Against the Routine. Um, he's going to, that was recorded at uh, New York Comedy Club. That's going to, it's going to stream in November and then it's going to be available. Uh, it's going to stream on Sirius XM in November and then it's going to be available for uh, purchase shortly thereafter. But they're starting their own record label. So I guess, I guess podcast to record label is a thing now maybe I, don't know. I guess the next time bobby's here we need to be nicer to him i was very nice yeah. to bobby <laughs> he just didn't like us big difference no he likes us he's a friend of the show i, I would actually say. say that robert kelly is a friend of the show yeah, yeah. all nice. right um finally so this was a nice story and this is um this has been going on for a couple weeks now but uh comedy central and hbo um starting with uh this month's uh, world mental health health day um uh, Comedy Central in particular, in partnership with Mental Health First Aid, a program of the National Council for Behavioral Health, is starting a uh, has started a Be the Difference public uh, campaign of public service announcements with Jeff Ross, Mateo Lane, and uh, Yamanika Saunders. They're doing a bunch of... Uh, you might have seen these. I've, I've seen a few um, on Comedy Central and their sort of related subsidiary product things. They're doing these uh, PSAs about um, mental illness and how to get help, etc., etc., um, they say mental illness affects everyone, including the funniest people you know. None of us are immune from experiencing a mental health crisis or from helping someone we care about in a crisis. HBO is doing something similar with their program, It's Okay. Uh, they're doing a bunch of PSAs related to around their shows. Um, so characters from the characters and actors from their shows are mm -hmm. going to be doing the same things. So not for nothing, comedians are very susceptible to this type of thing. Well, I feel like a lot of people with mental health issues tend to flock towards the stand-up comedy world. Yeah, because who would what sane person would do this? Like yeah. what we do, you know, it's not a, I think, I think, I think every comedian has something a bit off. 
Well, and fans too. I mean, you know, you know, I'm sure a lot of people with mental health issues are seeking out comedy and seeking out, uh, you know, that kind of relief too. Yeah. So I think it's a good, you know, I think the, the both sides of the both sides of that that stage are, are I think, are well represented by that. So I think that's I'll tell nice you thing. when Jeff Ross tells you to get help. <laughs> it's, right. It means run to the doctor. Right. <laughs> do not walk. Do not walk. <laughs> run. So uh, that was your last story today. That's Ross? it. That's it. Keeping it quick. Well, I have Nobody to thank died. you for coming in on a Tuesday, man. You got it, man. Brian, you could have stayed home, but sure. you, you came. So I guess thank you too. Uh, big thank you to Shoeless Joe running the board today. And uh, come see Mrs. Kasha Davis, Aggie Dune, and Darian Lake on Halloween right here at Comedy at the Carlson for Drag at the Carlson. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be here. Not on In spite stage. of Brian being here, stage. get your tickets. They're available <laughs> now. Not on the stage. You're going to enjoy the show, we promise. It's, uh, wear your best costume, don't forget. And uh, we will be back Friday morning with Rocky Laporte. We'll see you then. Until then, act right.